Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good evening, Alex. Yep, it's late here for me. <laughs> we got both sides of the world here today. Mm -hmm. Covering all of it. Yeah, and apologies for the earlier uh, delay. Had a little fun with LinkedIn events. Um, there was a little bit of a technical hiccup, but uh, we've moved it back 30 minutes, so appreciate those who can join. Um, we are AI Expressed, an AI podcast where we go over all the latest AI news in an express format. Get back to what you were doing in the day afterwards. Um, yeah, I'm Ed Kennedy. I'm with Run Diffusion. The podcast is sponsored by Run Diffusion, the best place to launch your creative AI apps and understand new AI workflows using popular platforms like UI, Automatic 11.11, Oak, and many others. I'm joined by my good friend, Alex. Hi everyone, I'm Alex, and I'm just a guy on LinkedIn who pretends to know what he's talking about when he talks about AI. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, come on now, you got a little, a little more going on for you than that. You got <laughs> AI Garden over there in Italy, right? Yeah, I got something, I got something. Shall we start yeah. talking about the news? Yeah, let's, let's jump into it. You want to kick things off? Yeah, so today um, we found like a common theme uh, for the first chunk of news because uh, we noticed a trend that seems to be supposedly or it could be where AI goes in 2024, especially because this is an idea prominent due to CES and is the idea that uh, a lot of AIs are coming out from the LLM, LLM software stage and are slowly going into more hardware-based device. So they are being embodied. That's why we named this episode as uh, the emergence of embodied AI, because it seems like, um, yeah, a lot of big tech companies are thinking, uh, are diverging their focus from just building LLMs or building generative AI from actually putting in, in devices like cars, phones, and whatever you have. Yeah, embodied AI has been a big trend. Last year, you know, we saw the meta Ray-Ban glasses. Um, we've seen a few attempts at this space, uh, but it hasn't really hit its pace yet. And I feel like with CES this year, there was a lot of product launches. I feel technology is at a pretty good place. It's starting to become more prevalent. Last, like, decade or so, the Internet of Things was always talked about, and I think that's the perfect sort of nest for AI to really take place. But of course, people have their concerns. Privacy is namely one of them. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this type of technology develops as people get more comfortable with using AI in their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, my like quickly, my personal opinion on this is that I think um, embodying AI would really unlock AI for the mainstream because uh, a lot of people are hesitant when approaching AI and are very excited about the idea of having AI in physical devices or robots or you know anything you can touch and see and not just a software that runs in your in your phone and so if the if this forecast comes through and 2024 is really the the year of embodied AI also I think it will be the year where AI really booms because as I said people seem to be very excited about the idea of having fully automated AI devices, whether if it's a car 
or it's a phone. Um, when I when I, when I talk about these two to like people who are not deep in, in AI like we are, they get they get really excited, more excited than when you talk to them about ChatGPT. Yeah, and speaking of ChatGPT, just a really um, important launch that happened for them last couple of days. Of course, the GPT store has launched. There's not really much information about how you'll be able to make money using this, but the store is available. People have been posting their apps on it, which is an exciting update. Also, ChatGPT did launch self-learning um, ChatGPT interactions. So in the conversation, it will actually learn. You can also set up a separate conversation, which it will get all that, that it's learned. So um, it's interesting to see how this is developed, of course. Sam Altman now firmly back at the helm. Yeah, like uh, it's interesting to see how all the new releases are relentless. There's never been a month since last March where nothing like uh, like a slow month. I can't remember one slow month. Maybe you can add, but I I can't. I can't remember one month where there wasn't a big hype for something that was just released. I I can't remember one either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, when it comes to uh, embodied AI, the news are, so the first piece of news we wanted to talk about was the release of the Rabbit R1 device, which maybe a few of you saw on LinkedIn because it was basically everywhere. You probably had a hard time not seeing it. And it's uh, this little device, uh, which looks like a smartphone, but it's not exactly a smartphone. That is an AI, AI first device, instead of being a smartphone where um, it's a software first device, I guess, uh, where you just stop and do things. Uh, the, the, the R1 is, um, is an AI first device where you interact with it uh, first, first of all through AI interaction, like speaking with it or like by pointing it to objects so it can, it can do visual recognition of whatever you're pointing it at uh, instead of, and then like everything else comes second. So it's still capable of, for example, running apps or showing you a website, but that's supposed to be um, behind the AI, the, the AI interactions. And this device was uh, announced at the CES and the startup launching it is called, um, it's called Rabbit, right? That's their, their name. Rabbit, company yeah. Itself. Yeah. yeah. I was it's just, an, I was, it's yeah. an interesting device. I mean, the, the company that uh, designed it, I'm very familiar with, they're called Teenage Engineering, and they make um, synthesizers, uh, classically one called the OP1, which is like a very um, uh, packed little tiny device with a really great interface. So they've been kind of known for making these like really great little product designs. And what's funny is in this rabbit, like you see a little bit of that influence where there's actually like a scroll wheel on it. You know, instead of a, a flat uh, phone screen across the screen, it's like actually like a little scroll wheel, kind of, kind of, kind of funny. And they've also done yeah. a lot of uh, uh, collaborations with like Ikea and stuff where they classically released a lot of, generally it's very high price products, but they also have some very entry level products too. So they're just known for a certain pedigree in design and see device and the screen. So I have a question. So they were mainly an audio hardware company originally? Yeah. So they started making synthesizers. Um, they made a series of devices called pocket operators, which looked like old school tiny calculators. And they had a whole bunch of them. They could do like drums or synth noises, program them to make songs. You could string them together. Very, very fun, very cheap. 
Um, but then they also, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, the um, the OP1 is maybe a, like how big? It's like the size of a pencil case, um, mm -hmm. but it's a you know, it's a couple yeah. thousand dollars, um, I believe, or close to that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see the jump of industry that they're doing from audio devices to AI devices. Yeah. Um, but in fact, like experts agree on the fact that this device looks nice and it's promising. It has a lot of good ideas. Um, the direction is probably where we are going with this device, but actually, you know, the um, how is actually made uh, the execution of it leads to you know a lot of doubts and a lot of things that need to be proven through rather than just showed on a you know fancy Apple keynote-like presentation. Uh, for example, we were discussing about the uh, LAM concept, which basically uh, is like um, large, a large, instead of being a large language model driving the device, there's also something called a uh, large action model on top of the large langu language model, which is instead of being trained on words, like uh, an LLM would be, it's trained on UI interactions. Uh, this makes it able pretty much, it should be making it able to pretty much interact with any uh, UI instead of you, so in your place, and, and, and perform full tasks and actions in your, in your, in your, in your place, because it knows how to navigate, for example, Safari or Firefox or whatever app, Domino's Pizza, and that makes it um, interesting in, in sense of automation, and that LAM concept is very interesting and very promising, but also, as Ed mentioned to me in private before, um, it also, you know, we need to see if it's true and if it works. And this is like a common, a common uh, thread that drives this product. Everything looks very nice from the presentation, but there's a lot of things that are too cool and too good to be true and they probably are and they probably yeah. are not right yeah i mean the the one most promising thing is you know a whole ton of people originally when it came out were very excited about the device on like twitter for example and uh they were most excited about the price point right 199 very inexpensive no subscription fee get it for life but then just this morning actually i noticed the sentiment had completely changed people were really questioning the device and namely, the reason why, because it's not a private local AI. It's a mm -hmm. no AI on the device. It's all done via like an API, and it has Wi-Fi. So yeah, that immediately put the damper on a lot of people's enthusiasm over the device, because you know this is what is the difference between that and a phone then, if the AI isn't actually on the device itself, local and private. Yes, because we 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 still have to see uh, small small language models, which are actually now called SLMs, actually running on devices like this. There's been a lot of uh, you know papers. Maybe the only one that I don't know if it's actually uh, available already is the one on Google, on Google Pixels. I don't know if anyone already put their hands on the LLM interactions made possible by the smaller version of Gem Gemini on pixels. But in general, this uh, application of small small language models into hardware device has 
yet have to be seen. You know, we haven't seen it yet in the real world. There's been a lot of talk about it, a lot of announcements, a lot of interesting uh, teasers, um, but nothing real. And and this is another, you know, uh, example of this where people like these companies are saying we have these small language models and they're going to do everything on your device. But actually, it's, it looks more difficult than um, than it sounds. It's getting there, though. It's getting very close. We've seen... Um speed and performance and uh, requirements for a lot of language models uh, really dramatically reducing over the last year. Um, Stability Force released a very tiny um, language model. So I think this will be the year that uh, language models really will be small enough. That you yeah. And, and Rabbit's following a pedigree of many other uh, uh, hardware ones. I mean, last year we saw the Rewind Pendant main AI yeah. pin. Yeah, you were saying that there was some some changes at Humane. Yeah, there's some news from yesterday that uh, they are laying off four percent of their employees just before releasing the pin, which should be coming out in just a few months. And it's it's very controversial that they are starting laying off their staff just before what is their big first uh, launch. Um, but yeah, it's connected to this news because Humane is another, is another company which has an AI device uh, that is a hardware device instead of being just an app, similar to what Rabbit is proposing. The Rabbit device is more hands-on, uh, where Humane is voice first, I guess, but there are very similar ideas. Uh, but there's one thing I wanted to say about the R1, which is like, it, all the ideas presented in the keynote, we could, go, we could go and make a list, but I think it's better if people go and actually look, watch the keynote, are all very promising and it seems like the right direction. It's just the execution leaves to be desired. And I think what I wanted to say is that I think what Johnny Ive and Sam Alpan are working on might be hopefully and potentially the hardware device that actually delivers in that sense, because there are rumors about Johnny Ive, the designer of um, Apple, who designed uh, the first iPhones, I think, and like the latest MacBooks and other very popular Apple devices. He is rumored to be collaborating with Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, in creating a hardware device similar to, to these ones. And I think if we have to put anywhere the hopes and we want to put anywhere the hopes of a hardware device AI driven, maybe that's the one we should be waiting for. Um, I mean, not to say that these devices are not promising and I'm curious to see what they deliver, but if I had to like bet money, I would bet money on that one. Well, we shall see, Alex. Yeah. You're willing to put your money on rumors, are you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other things at CES. Volkswagen is adding ChatGPT to its infotainment system. So they're adding uh, ChatGPT uh, through a partnership with a company called Serence. Uh, and of course, this is uh, signaling a shift in how drivers may interact with their vehicles. We've seen since the launch of ChatGPT Voice, a lot of people have been talking to ChatGPT while they're driving places. I find it it's really fun to uh, do that, you know, just be driving, think of a question, and it's just uh, merely a click on uh, the phone to uh, to just talk to ChatGPT and have it talk back to you. So it's very non-intrusive way to interact with it. Um, I do think that it will be uh, very prevalent in cars. Speaking of, of car fun, uh, just a little while ago, um, self-driving cars, this guy, 
this uh, company over in India made an Android phone with all of its sensors, just a simple Android phone, drive a Suzuki down a street. So it's going to be interesting what's, what happens with uh, self-driving cars this year as well. Um, you know, there's been some great successes with Waymo. They've had uh, very, very little accidents. Um, Tesla uh, maybe is like kind of backing away from self-driving. Um, uh, really made it a little bit more difficult to get to the, uh, the self-driving aspect as they've been under a lot of scrutiny from, from regulatory agencies. Yeah, in terms of um, ChatGPT in, in Volkswagen cars, the advertising is very, uh, it looks very promising. You know, there's uh, Ewan McGregor, who does the, the guy who talks with the car, uh, which is fun, I guess. But uh, yeah, like as you're saying, un, 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 not un, intrusive uh, interaction with devices, uh, that's like, that's something I really desire at this point. Like I really would like to talk to my phone and give him tasks uh, hands off. And I'm, I'm really craving for this. And I hope uh, if, the, if this is true, if this like forecasts are, are true, I hope that's 20, 2024 is the year where we actually start being able to st stop touching uh, devices that are like basically useless. Yeah. Um, and we can actually start, you know, delivering tasks and seeing those tasks executed. Yeah, living our Star Trek lives, right? Yeah, hands off. Yeah. Uh, let's move to creative news. Um, there's a few uh, interesting things that have been developing video. For example, launch a stable video diffusion last year. Um, that has been up a lot of space in the open source uh, community are rapidly developing new things um, for that and yesterday magic video v2 launched this is a high fidelity video generation uh, from text supposedly outperforming uh, contenders and user evaluation so it's outperforming uh, anime diff and stable video diffusion in the report it does look like it's quite good it's very very smooth video because uh, they're doing some interpolation uh, adding extra frames in there but uh, they claim that their product is better than runway better than Pika better than stable video diffusion aims to be seen um, how this gets adopted but um, it released by ByteDance of course the company that uh, out TikTok how that is adopted um, you have seen about this a little bit more than me. So what do you think, how it compares with, for example, as you said, stable diffusion video or Pika? Did you see any any significant difference um, in the paper? Yeah, so um, one thing is it, like the movement is very coherent, um, but it all kind of has this sort of like slow-mo kind of feel to it because of the interpolation, adding those extra frames for smoothness. Um, so... Uh, it does look smoother and cleaner, which is great, but it mm -hmm. also looks like something that you could maybe get um, if you took, say, a video from Runway or PR Stable Video Diffusion and did some extra processing on it, added some extra frames to it, etc. Um, I do think, though, as a basis, like as a kind of foundation model, it looks very promising. So it'll just remain to be seen how the open source community drops it and start using that seems to be what makes um, a product really successful, widespread adoption, is if yeah. the open source community starts building on top of the it's already done. That really 
foundation that's the one yeah absolutely so the next piece of creative news is that alibaba just released the replace anything on hacking face so replace anything is i think it's similar to segment anything right ed yeah meta released segment anything last year which sort of would color certain areas of an image so that they could be asked this is uh sort of similar except kind of like involves uh, in painting aspect of it or background uh -huh. replacing yeah it's interesting to see like such a, a chinese tech giant getting involved in the open source image generation business as well definitely um, going to be useful though for in painting in painting just so people are aware is a notoriously difficult process um, that involves a lot of um Kind of uh trying and multiple generations until you kind of get what you want playing with settings yeah. for a very long time so this will definitely help with that is getting something that you know, feels like it's part of the image is is the primary goal of painting yeah i did experiment a bit with segment anything and it left a bit to be desired uh, and hopefully you know this new technology is gonna uh, improve that because yeah as you said that segment anything idea is very, very useful when it comes to in-painting. Um, in a big shift for AI creative usage, one of the um, more interesting things that a company has a position, Valve did bend the knee, anti-AI protesters and um, chunts, as you would say. Uh, Valve had... Uh, rules that there would be no AI in any games. They did mm -hmm. actually block games from being published on the platform if they felt that AI had been in of the game. It was a very backwards look at uh, policies for games, I thought. Yeah. Because, of course, AI is so prevalent in um, the ability to create um, assets for games. You need a ton of assets. You need backgrounds. You need characters. You need items. You need badges you just need you need so many things and uh, the technology in the game space is where ai is really adapting fastest but i was quite surprised by this but they have rolled that back now so they have new guidelines for the games um have to disclose any ai generated content and use it um, however if you have content that is generated by an ai in the game you do have to show safety measures um which i think is a is a great to do it i think that this new guidelines make a lot of sense um because there is a potential for say a game has a certain rating but if it has an llm in it if it has a video or image thing in it, people might be able to are not expected gamers being of course notorious for how they break games yeah i think this is a stance yeah, it sounds like a, a huge U-turn by uh, Valve, where like they had such a hard stance on it, and now they are completely changing the rules. Which I guess is probably was a safe, you know, uh, approach. They were like, we don't know what to how to regulate, so we're just gonna block it for a while, and then when we when we figure out what what rules we can put in place, then maybe we are gonna slowly open up to AI content. But certainly, it's a surprising change of direction. I'm really grateful that they changed direction, but uh, for those of who are not like directly exposed 
artist uh, and social media. Anti-AI thing has very, very over. Um, I remember yesterday it was something there was multiple news articles, um, serious discussions all over the fact that um, company that makes magic cards used an AI generated background in its advertisements. You know, it's just like it's absolutely ridiculous. So um, I don't blame companies for being cautious about the adoption of AI um, in that case when artists are so under the microscope but I think that this sentiment is changing and um, fanatics are sort of fading into the background as AI becomes prevalent so uh, yeah yeah but like my opinion on this and it's, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about this piece of news is that like if you if you try to stop that all you're gonna obtain is people using it in secret behind, like, you know, you don't know and they're doing it. I think that's the only thing you're gonna obtain. So it's actually in their interest to allow in a regulated uh, way to have some generated content in video games. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, lastly, Luma has Genie, lastly on the creative side, anyway, sorry. Uh, Genie 1.0 is a uh, step towards uh, AI text to 3D model, Luma, of course, uh, was very um, prevalent with their Gaussian splatting technique, which is a technique for mapping outdoor spaces, 3D objects, and turning environments that could be. Um, so, what happens uh, with uh, G? Yep. So let's uh, let's start with the boring part, <laughs> with the business news. So um, a very uh, this came out today on Reuters, so I think it's very, very, very fresh news, which is that Microsoft finally overtook Apple as the world's most valuable company. Uh, I think this was inevitable uh, due to how much Microsoft has, has been investing in AI and growing, and their growth is strictly tied up with how much AI is growing now because they are behind so many AI products. It's just impossible to even start to count them. So in my opinion, this was inevitable, but it's interesting to see how it's happening now. And I guess this was also driven by the fact that Apple is suffering from a... Uh, from a number of little problems like their Apple Watch uh, was uh, regulated and, and banned for a little bit uh, and all other things like the fact that they are really struggling and they seem to be behind, at least seemingly, when it comes to adopting AI um, in their devices. Um, so yeah, uh, it's an interesting news and I think we'll hear more about this in the, in the news uh, soon because um, because like up, I think Apple has the uh, same evaluation as the GDP of France. So this means that Microsoft now has a bigger GDP than the entire country of France. <laughs> That's amazing. Of course, they've been battling uh, back and forth. Now, so see them jockeying power like that. Yeah. Um, Nvidia has some new announcements from CES. They will be launching a few new graphics cards. On the business side, they did launch the RTX 5880, which is a scaled-down RTX 6000 with classic uh, GPU servers. Um, this new RTX 5080, specifically for sanctioned clients uh, China, um, they, of course, were um, 
not allowed to export certain things now with the export regulation in the US. So they're releasing one specifically for the Chinese market. It is 48 gigs of GDR6, and uh, it has over 1,000 CUDA cores, so it's still a beast. I wish I had one on my desktop, but of course with these RTX cards, there's no fans, nothing like that, so they're very hard to run in a desktop and for servers. <clears throat> yeah, like right now, I'm really tempted in investing in in GPUs, but also I'm at a point where I'm, I'm I cannot justify the the purchase because I think because of how fast things are changing in terms of hardware and software, uh, I feel like my purchase would be old too quickly. But, but maybe you have a different opinion on this. No, I think well, I think that that is always going to be something. That Technology is moving so fast that it will always yeah. feel like you're you're out of date. Um, I got a 3090 a while ago, big card, and it's like a generation behind. Um, it's it's a beast, and I'll probably be using very very time. Mm -hmm. Models are getting more efficient, smaller, faster, and um, so the capabilities uh, by a current card now that has. Uh, Doing AI, of course, you focus on the VRAM because that gives you capability, necessarily the speed, um, but it will help. Um, and there are yeah. some new consumer cards coming out as well from CES. They've released the 48 Super. Um, this is going to be twice the performance of the i. Um, this is, yeah, just going to be a little bit better of a card. It's not uh, faster than card that they have right now for consumers 90 but it is a mm -hmm. faster card with a much lower price point add with a so, yeah i'm curious to see how this dynamic of uh, making differences for chinese cards and u.s card is gonna uh, end up in the long term um yeah we'll, we'll see about that and then um i wanted to mention this this is unscripted in terms of news um i we didn't plan to mention it but i really wanted to mention that um uh, today uh, openai announced that there's already three million of custom gpts in use uh, in the world so uh, since the since before the launch of the new GPT store, uh, already three million of custom GPTs have been made that are being used, which is I think is an interesting uh, and important number to mention. All right, great. Well, we're at the top of the hour, so let's wrap up here. Um, anyone wants to jump on and chat? More than welcome to. Yeah, we'll be we would, this would be longer. the time for you to for us to open the mic and let people. Uh, have a chat. Yeah, so if join us on, on LinkedIn where we'll be doing these bi-weekly. Um, and again, Ed Kennedy with Rundiffusion. Alex. Yeah, and with AI Garden. With AI Garden. Awesome. This has been AI Express. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thank you.